You know things, I know some too. Sit right down, the will explain them to you. If there's a thing you want to explain, these two feminists can entertain. Nerdy stuff, sexy stuff, so much to know. Tune in for the Femsplain Show. Femsplain! Hi, Avalon. Hi, Diana. And? And hi, you <laughs> Hi, Hello. <laughs> ah! Oh, we have a friend today. Yes. Uh, hi, Femsplained listeners. This is Femsplained, as you probably know, because you clicked on it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I want listeners, though. I feel like four is a crowd. Yeah, <laughs> get out of here, um, Avalon. What do you? What do? You, what would you say? Famsplained is. Oh Jesus, that's right on the spot. You always put me on the spot with this one. Famsplained is a podcast um, where two and now two sometimes plus a guest uh, queer from human beings will take some time to explain their experiences in different uh, nerd spheres and with different fandoms. That's pretty accurate. I like that. Uh, and no one else listens to it. So it's just, this is a private conversation. Yeah, when, when you invited me on, you definitely did not say anything about other people listening to it. I thought it was just going to be us, like, brainstorming. It was going to be really cool like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. This is a real bait and switch. You're, you're, you're on a podcast. Surprise nuance. Well, then. <laughs> Next, you'll be telling me people listen to, um, like, the, the D&D games I play. I'll have none of this. I have heard that that is true. So that is a little a little rumor going around that your podcast is pretty good. Yeah, uh, I have to say, I know that we have a real topic today, but it's, I think, actually going to be challenging for me not to keep derailing towards fangirling a little bit. That's like all I want to talk about. I feel like I was listening to the Halloween episode last night while I folded laundry and I was like, ooh, I want to talk about that tomorrow, but that is not what you're here for. This is a tangent-friendly podcast, as anyone who is out there listening will know. So... That is it. This is Femsplained. Welcome to it and welcome, Nuance, for joining us. Um, before we jump into any sort of topic, uh, Avalon, what's nerd culture done for you lately? Or I think necessary to the broader spectrum, we could just say, what has anything done for you lately? <laughs> <Because> <laughs> um, well, I will... I have the honor of saying that one of the nerd culture things that I've been consuming at least since we last recorded is as always uh listening to Fast Times uh I really like the Halloween special so much it's like so meta and so funny and there's people acting as actors in it and doing a really good job of it and there's like double layers of accents I don't know anyway it's fun um and it's been I guess Halloween happened since we last recorded because we recorded last Saturday morning. I did finish my costumes. I know it seemed a little (laughs) touch and go there for a while. Um, And, oh, geez. I think otherwise I've just been hiding under a rock with uh, election week. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, for me... Nerd culture, I won, and I know I'm not. I'm gonna let nuance really take the lead on this one, but it's it's N7 Day, which is 
uh, <laughs> which I usually don't get that excited about because as a Bioware fangirl, I am the Dragon Age half. I'm, I'm on the Dragon Age uh, uh, split custody side of Bioware. Um, but I did look at the trailer video for that remastered, and it does look extra beautiful and really enticing. Uh, so I might have to go ahead and give it another shot based on that. Um, but the thing that's it, it is that I think nerd culture is about to do for me is is more the case because I haven't taken a break from work uh, from the hospital because of very obvious reasons, but I haven't taken one since I started this job at this hospital because basically I started and then like probationary period and then as soon as my probationary period was over COVID happened and then like all hell broke loose for many many months uh so in about two weeks I'm taking my first week off and I am gonna buy myself a new video game I don't even know what it is yet but I'm just gonna sit and eat cheese and play video games for, for like five or six days and I'm really looking forward to that and that's that's in my soul right now I love that what about you nuance tell me your nerdy joys right now uh definitely n7 uh so november 7th has just been a good day for I think a lot of us it's just been a real good day Ooh. at least as of noonish um but like you actually diana i was hardcore um because anytime i was i was dragon age the whole time the whole way and anytime i was like oh i love dragon age somebody would be like oh but mass effect and i'd be like i don't want to be out in space let me have my magic and murder you know bad people and just i'm fun over here in dragon age let me be the queen of whatever like i'm, I'm doing good here uh, and finally, I ended up playing Mass Effect, and um, it wrecked me emotionally as a human. <laughs> I cried in Mass Effect the way I have not cried in any uh, of the Dragon Age, and believe me, I've cried. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. I'm right there yeah. with you. <laughs> so, um, uh, but now to know that they are releasing the remaster, I'm very excited when I first played Mass Effect, it was long after, like, everything had come out, and I did a live tweeting of it on Twitter, but this was years ago, so attempting to find it now on Twitter is impossible. Um, but I'm really excited to be able to stream it, uh, especially because my husband is in it. Um, we're married on the astral plane. Um, you know, it's like a way less sketchy version of Snape Wives because Garrus Vicarian is all that anyone should be and he is and i love him so i'm so excited <laughs> i'm like ridiculously excited this, i this is so exciting it's so exciting because you talk about mass effect the way that i talk about dragon age like i'm talking about like my close personal friends <laughs> like and i i really just i really love and appreciate that <laughs> um no i i uh when I get it, because I will have it on um, when, the day it is released, uh, it'll be really obnoxious if I have to buy a PS5 for it, but I, I'm willing to do that for the Mass Effect. Uh, the, uh, Mass, we're calling it Mass Effect Recalibrated. That's what the cool kids are calling it. Um, I don't care what they're officially calling it. They're wrong. 
Um, but yeah, yeah so uh, I will be streaming it. So you'll have to you'll have to come on and watch me. I'm not great at the actual play of it because you know it involves being good at video games, and I'm not good at that. But I'm good at crying about things and arguing <laughs> with myself about what I should be doing next. Perfect. Yeah. No. I I I died uh, like four times a, just a couple days ago playing Dragon Age two on casual. So I do, there's no. <laughs> It's no judgment for me. <laughs> Just, it's so good. I know. Um, so, so I don't promise anybody listening that we will stay on topic, but we did have a proposed topic. Diana. Um, yeah. Can I cut in? Yeah. I thought of what I wanted to say for what nerd culture has done for me lately. Say it. Yay. <laughs> say it. Good. And I would like to rephrase this to what nerd culture has done to me lately. But I need to talk about how this supernatural thing went down. <laughs> oh, yes, of course you need to talk about that. Absolutely. Please, please do. So listeners may remember we did a supernatural episode um, yes. where I explained it to Diana because it's way too much of a time commitment for anybody to become a supernatural fan at this point. Because there's like 15 seasons of like 29 episodes or something. Like it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I'm being hyperbolic. But I vividly remember catching the premiere of this show when I was like in early high school. And maybe not instantly being obsessed, but it's followed me through a lot of formative years. I'm in my 30s. And for wow. me to be on Twitter trying to get a sense of the pulse of the future of this nation and to have people just come in here, drop in <laughs> spoilers without a hashtag as the finale premiered after this many years for me to have to find this stuff out, not even have the opportunity to react to how poor or problematic the decisions were on behalf of the showrunners. I just want to say, like, there is a place in hell. <laughs> For those of you who felt comfortable spoiling, like, a 15-season show as it premiered. <laughs> That's all. I, it's, it, it was truly unbelievable because, I, as you know, I, I, you know, I was femsplained about Supernatural, and I did watch a couple episodes as part of my homework, but... Far and away, I have no real concept of this show whatsoever, um, except for seeing the occasional meme on Tumblr back in the day. And I am recently back on Tumblr to just dive, I don't know, like just, just kind of uh, memeing and stuff. And I logged in there to post something, and it was like I had truly stepped into another dimension because the level of jargon that was happening all over the, my my feed and like Putin was involved like there were just like there there were these like memes about Putin and 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 barrier gays somehow being meshed together and I had no understanding of how those things could possibly be related um and so I was like Avalon what 
what's happening? <laughs> and she was so oh. bad. <laughs> she was like, don't even. I, I'm also one of those, like, I don't even go here, but I have a ton of friends who do. And I was there reblogging, like, the... Um, I think my favorite one, my, my favorite meme was the, okay, maybe if we do Stucky, Kim Jong-un will step down, and then somebody else is responsible. Now imagine trying to explain this to somebody yesterday. <laughs> and, and I posted that on Facebook, and just the, there were definitely two camps. It was the people who were like, this is the funniest thing I've literally read in days, and everybody else who's like, the fucking fuck is what? Oh. <laughs> I forget. I'm sorry. Are we allowed to? Say yeah, you're good. Okay. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. No, no, no. Lean into it. <laughs> yeah. I'm really bad at not. I try. I would try. No, you're though. good. I try for you. <laughs> it's, it's, I promise it's fine. So, so nerd culture has been kind to some of us and was, was very mean to I'm have so mad. I think it's I, the only non-political <laughs> reason I've ever unfollowed people on Twitter. And I, I unfollowed like seven in a row. <laughs> I didn't even consider if I liked them. I was just so fired up. Oh my! I God. probably will go back and refollow them. I'm sure. I'm sure. I've done that before too. Like, how dare you? Um, wow. So yeah, shame on on supernatural fans. Shame. Uh, uh, so. So our proposed topic for today that we will stick to a little bit. Uh, is accessibility in in LARPs, which, as we know from Bree's episode, is live action role play. Uh, so uh, Nuance has some things to say specifically about the complexities of, of keeping those spaces accessible, which I think we like kind of had a little bit of questions about in our episode about LARP. So it'd be nice to kind of carry that over and see what uh, what's what over there. So nuance, take it, take it away. Say as much or as little as you like. Um, so accessibility in LARPs, uh, this is primarily geared more towards almost by necessity buffer LARPs, uh, which doesn't mean that there's not a lot of work that needs to go in and be done with theater style LARPs. Um, and because I'm a bad person, I haven't actually gotten to the part where, to the episode with uh, Brie talking about LARPs. Did, um, was the difference between theater style and buffer? So she she explained it to us. She did buffer LARPs, and what did she call them? Uh, um, uh, parlor. I can't remember, but I think it parlor was. LARPs. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Parlor LARPs. Uh, so she did explain the difference. So it makes sense what you're saying that buffer LARPs just from the sheer amount of close contact and and up close uh, co like physical content. Um, it makes sense that those would have to be have to have more uh, uh, taken into account there. Uh, actually, a lot of what has been going on in just in the discussions in LARP circles is when buffer LARPs are even going to be safe again, because um, with COVID things uh, have, I mean, obviously nobody responsible is having LARPs at all right now, but for a parlor style LARP, because they can in fact be played in your home, you, it would be easy to get like six to ten people to um, easy being a easy in the scale of 2020 which god only knows what it was like in last year even you could get six to ten people to be masked um or to um 
you know, come in and be quarantined and or, or bring negative uh, COVID tests and do like a small little LARP in your house. A lot of them, like a lot of different kind of parlor LARPs are, you can um, like diplomatic LARPs, things like that, where it's just a lot of quiet talking. But with a boffer LARP, it's not just, you know, it's you're right there. You're, you can sometimes be up in each other's faces. It is very, um, you know, movement heavy and exciting. So it's a lot of uh, heavy breathing, which uh, they've proven spreads COVID further and faster. So there has been just kind of a lot of conversation about when is this going to be okay again? What, how, what steps are we going to have to take to adapt our hobby, even like just post COVID when it just gets safer? It'd be nice if like everybody was, um, you know, had access to a vaccine and was immune, but for a while it's, it's going to be a lot of touch and go. So it's been, that's been a very interesting discussion to have. Um, but and I'm just rambling. This is fine. This is normal. <laughs> mm-hmm. um. No, it's good. It is, it is interesting, especially because, um, you know, we're in America. We did we really have not unless who knows who knows what's going to happen now. Maybe some drastic measures will be taken or something. But since we really didn't take initial drastic measures, we're living in this kind of endless COVID situation. And so people are like, well, if we're not going to do anything about it, we do have to find ways to live. Like, we do have to, like, find ways to continue on. Uh, Like, otherwise, we're all just going to perish in, (laughs) like, in solitude. So um, it is interesting that, like, if no drastic uh, measures or universally accessible vaccine come out anytime soon, people are going to want to figure out a way to get their hobbies back so they don't absolutely lose it like yeah so um i think that's very interesting i am glad that uh that parlor larps are finding ways to like do um do safe distanced uh uh, and and like quarantine safe events i think that's discord larps have actually kind of kicked up and been a thing i was just in a discord LARP playtest uh, last week, two weeks, I don't know time. No, it was definitely not this week because this week I was busy uh, ignoring everything and doing things. It might have been last week. Time? <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, where, so again, it's, you can get dressed up. Uh, I think I posted a picture on it on Twitter uh, and just talk to each other uh, via Discord. We, we had, um, and it makes it, it's very interesting because with disc, different Discord channels, it's like being able to go into different rooms and have little side conversations. And that was interesting and actually far more accessible than even regular parlor style LARPs for me because rather than having to, um, you know, having to find, make my way physically to a different room to, talk about whatever secret I have with another uh, player. It was just as easy as flipping to a different Discord channel. And that was fascinating. So, yeah, there's technology and where technology is, we will find a way. Um, Earlier on in quarantine, in several of my games, we were just writing letters, like old fashioned letters, sending through the post office. 
And so it was, you know, it wasn't anything plot, really plot related. Nothing got moved forward, but it was like, yes, my character is in this country over here. And she is writing letters about the things that she's doing and seeing and experiencing and sending them to friends. And it was all very much like, yes, we are far away and we are isolated, but reaching out with this letter because we miss you and just want to talk to you. And it was very adorable. Oh, I love, I love that. Like drama of that is so fun. Yeah. So do you, it, when you're talking about like letter writing in that way, it sounds like there is a specific character that you're dedicating a lot of time and energy into sort of encapsulating. Is that the case yes. for you? So, um, there are, there are LARP campaigns and then there are like LARP one shots, much like TTRPG stuff. So I'm in, a truly ridiculous number of LARP campaigns. Um, uh, so um, in that LARP that I'm, I was talking, we were sending letters to, uh, it's Port Catherine, and my character Amaryllis was sending, I've played her now, I think two years, maybe three years. Um, she was sending letters out just to all of her friends in that game. Uh, most LARPs, at least in my area, are, um, they meet four times a year for a full, an entire full weekend. Uh, we have two events in the spring and two events in the fall, because usually where we are are at uh, Boys and Girl Scout summer camps. Um, so this, oh, yeah, the cool. summers are, are um, for children to actually use their camps and do summer camp things, because I guess yeah, like, yeah. you have to take care of kids or whatever. Um, winters, there are in fact LARPs that meet in the winter. Um, I go to fewer of those because I like things like warmth. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'm weird like that, although I have done several, um, winter just, I like warmth, but sometimes I'm also just like, I need a hit of, um, I need a hit of imagination, so I gotta go. Um, but usually it is two in the, two in the spring and two in the fall, and... You go and you have four weekends and somehow that four weekend is uh, a year is still enough to really just embroil you in that character. So it's... Yeah. Uh, there's just so much. I mean, because you've got your costuming and you've got your props and I go like, I go to my LARPs with like a giant um, wagon full of Tupperware containers and, and suitcases and things because it's just like you have so much stuff to bring people can decorate their cabins and shared spaces and it's just it is very and i'm sure brie mentioned this but it's just very um immersive and so you go and you are that character yeah. for that full mm -hmm. weekend um and uh one of the th to bring it back to like the whole original thesis the reason i'm here uh, you know, that stuff is one of the difficulties is trying to figure out how to balance immersion with accessibility. Um, and yeah. that has been a very, very fraught topic and uh, for a while. And only recently has, has it changed to the point where, like, accessibility is now seen to be more important than immersion. Um because like for oh i don't know 
uh, the first time I had one of my surgeries and I was on crutches, like I turned them into buffer crutches, basically. Um, I, I put, uh, you know, I put the, the padding around them and then put them in, um, put brown duct tape around them. So they look like proper wooden ye old timey crutches that would not be yeah. <laughs> out of place in a fantasy thing. Um, because, you know, for a while, it was very much just the idea that immersion is paramount and things that can break that immersion are to be avoided and shunned. And kind of more recently, everybody's been like, but what if instead everyone could play? And we stopped not really stressing out about whether or not it's, you know, accurate to have a powered scooter or whatever to make it so that people are able to, um, to participate. Right. Um, yeah. Well, and I would imagine that there are other things that people feel willing and, and comfortable with um, compromising for. Like, I would think that the immersion perhaps around running water, yes. people feel fine about, um, whereas limiting other people's yes. ability to participate, suddenly that is threatening their immersion. I think that's probably pretty yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah but... <laughs> It probably would not shock you how how heated that debate could get, though. Um, I know there are still places, even like in the Massachusetts area, where it is very much like, you know, but my immersion, no. Um, one of the places that I have shovel games at, Camp Middlesex, has a giant hill. We actually, we fondly call it Camp Fuck That Hill because it's just, it's a giant hill. Um, and it is, it's a hard climb when you are like perfectly, um, perfectly mobile. It is an impossible climb really if you are not. And so it, uh, I'm glad to say that the larks that I attend were like, um, you know, if you do need to go up and down there, we will get a car. We don't really care. It is more important for you to get to the top than it is for anybody to stress out about, uh, about that. But there have been plenty of times where it's like, well, if you can't get up there under your own power, I guess you just can't get up there. Ugh. Yeah. And, and this is like, it, you know, it's just so, it's so silly for so many reasons, but you know, this is primarily supposed to be a, a fun activity and is not like the Olympics or some sort of like physical competition where people are meant to be uh like engaging in some sort of physical feat like for for reward it's like just we're just trying to have a good time so i'd like to be able to get to the actual event space and be in it being involved and you know again we are wielding tape and foam covered pvc pipes at each other and throwing um small bags of bird seed mm. like kindly don't try to tell me that your immersion is capable of handling that and yeah. can't just gloss over <laughs> um assistive devices or adaptive devices um we're also seeing a lot more uh focus on just uh another thing that comes up in larps a lot uh, are text props you know having to read uh, text props 
and people are doing a lot more, working a lot more with like making sure that the fonts that they're choosing are like dyslexic friendly. Uh, there was one LARP yeah. that was going around that made sure that all of their text props were also available in Braille for uh, mm. low vision and, and uh, you know, vision impaired folks could still be there and read. And um, it's just the whole... Right, get the full effect, yeah. yeah. The whole push wow. towards it. It's, there is so much that goes into trying to make sure that your LARP is as accessible as possible. And I mean, even me, I'm, I, I'm a lot more aware now of, of physical uh, accessibility because of the way that my own disability works. But there are just so many facets and factors that we have to keep constantly trying to push forward and be like, no, this is a time where we need to be better. We can be better about this. So, heck yeah. yeah. I had worked uh, briefly captioning at like a, um, a conference that did different kinds of uh, disability leadership for women internationally. And so I got to sort of be a fly on the wall for a lot of really interesting policy conversations about accessibility in, in spaces that have traditionally not been accessible. And I remember the, the pushback constantly was there's such a variety of different access needs. How could we possibly fairly accommodate all of them? So I'm wondering if maybe from the perspective of somebody organizing uh, one of these events, maybe what your response to that would be or what a proactive way to integrate lots of different levels of access could be. Uh, I mean, uh, that is in fact a, a fairly common argument that comes up in a lot of places. And um, you know, the first one is, sure, maybe we cannot get all, but um, you know, there's still a place to start uh, we can also do your best. Uh, it is easier with something like a LARP because normally, sure, it's something like 100 people, but even so, that is a small enough subsection where you know, you're able to kind of get an idea as to what kinds are going to be, like what kind of accessibility options might be needed or useful as opposed to trying to do everything. Um, but also, just because it's hard work doesn't mean it's not worth being done. And it's also usually not work that somebody needs to do by themselves. There are so many disability advocates out there who are just mm. happy to offer the things that they've come up with, the ideas, the suggestions that they can, that, you know, so long as you're willing to reach out and ask someone, there's going to be someone who's willing to, who can be like, oh yes, I have done something very similar. The easiest way to adapt what you're already doing is this. Um, right, right. It's not like it doesn't it, it. You're not starting from scratch as long as you're receptive to the people who have already figured these things yes. out. That's good. That's a very good point. Excellent point. Yeah. Um, I found that most of the times people who start the complaints of, but there are so many, so much it's usually a just an excuse to not do anything at all it's like oh but if we have to do one then we have to do them all and there's no way that we can do all the things so we might as well just not do anything and it's just like that's a bad faith argument friend that's a bad faith argument on any number of aspects however you want to break it down you should stop yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah excellent so it sounds like it's um I mean, bad faith argument aside, that the 
the limited capacity of these LARP events helps to tailor it specifically to the needs of the participants. Yes. Um, because, you know, if you do have a hundred or so people and you know that, all right, you know, you have somebody who is like hard of hearing, you have someone who, um, you know, maybe several people who are dyslexic and are going to need uh, additional time to, to read through text props, you know, that you're going to have people who, um, uh, and a lot of my LARPs, we have a lot of people with um, EDS and so do have various mobility types of things. Like knowing that you are able to then kind of tailor things to make sure that they are, you know, that, that your LARP is accessible to those things and you don't have to necessarily worry about somebody, you know, a disability that is not present in that current group. Um, and a huge thing always a huge thing is it becomes so much easier when you involve people with those disabilities in your conversations. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And then they can just tell you the answer. Yeah, like, <laughs> just be, it's an open book test. It's This is yeah. exactly what I need. Please, if you have this, I'm willing to, you know, I can do any number of things. Um, like one of the things that my uh, LARPs allow me to have is I get to bring a buddy for free, they are not part of the LARP, uh, although they will usually be in some kind of costume and will at least like remain in character, but they're there just to help me do stuff, like either will push me in my chair, uh, this was very big back before I had my, my motorized scooter, or they will carry things for me because one of the really hard things is, especially when I was on crutches, is when I was moving around with my crutches, my hands were really busy with crutches, which means it's really hard to carry anything. So it's just, you know, um, and I didn't want to have to ask my fellow players to stop whatever they were doing to assist me with things because, you know, they have paid their $80, their $100 for the weekend. I didn't want to have to be like, could you stop having the fun that you're having to help me do my things? They all would have because I LARP with very good people but I didn't want to have to ask. So instead they were like, my, you know, I reached out to my, um, my, my LARP GMs and was like, is it okay if I bring somebody who's just there to offer me assistance? And they were all like, yes, absolutely. Please do, do whatever. Um, it's also, that's actually part of the ADA, apparently. There's like, because uh, another one of the GMs reached out and was like, if any of your GMs offer pushback, it's law, they have to. Um, but fortunately, none of mine ever did. But it's just like, I live with this every day. If you approach me and have questions on how you can make my life easier, I will probably have answers for you. Right, like that, it, it, it really is that simple, isn't it? That like people with the need are just waiting for somebody to be receptive. <laughs> to like the solution <laughs> like because it's not like it's not like the people affected don't already know exactly what it is that would help the situation <laughs> you know like yeah um and when you are disabled you look at the world and interact with the world very differently um and because i became disabled so recently you know just over the last five years uh, i have seen the way that my outlook has shifted like nuance can you hear us you just froze a little bit, a lot of it. You've frozen all the way. 
Um, if you can hear me, don't worry about it. We'll edit this out. Just come back to us when you can. We miss you. <laughs> That's okay. That's so uh, all right. Uh, I, I I was talking to you. Could you hear me? <laughs> Sending you messages in the dark. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a major part of that is that disabled people uh, look at and interact with the world very differently than abled people do. Um, I know this specifically because I've become disabled so recently, uh, just in the last five years, that that shift between how I see and interact with the world is... You know, it's, it's very recent, uh, very obvious. Mm. Um, when I first started going to a local camp, uh, one that actually was built fairly recently and therefore has no excuses, uh, I thought that, oh yeah, this is a, a very, this has got to be a very accessible uh, LARP space. Like, there are ramps to the buildings and the um, they did their best to like make sure all of the roads were very big and wide and smooth. So it... I can't see why it would be a problem for anybody uh, for accessibility for anyone with like physical um, disabilities or limitations. And then after uh, I became disabled and needed a chair or crutches to get across, um, that's when I noticed that every single door has a lip anywhere between like a three to five inch lip between like the end of the ramp and to get inside the building. Um, so it's just, it was, I had never realized it because just stepping over the lip had never hadn't phased me and it wasn't until like you know i had to stop in my chair and look down and be like i will have to get out of this chair someone else will have to physically pick my chair up oh my put god it into the building then let me sit back down into my chair to do anything that i realized like oh no actually this isn't helpful that inch uh, lip at the beginning of the ramp uh, to like get onto the ramp. Not helpful. This building in here, it's there's not enough room for my chair to get into like through the door or to move around. Oh, you know, it is hard for abled people who do not have extensive interactions with the disabled people to foresee what is needed because they don't have to. Mm. It's not part of their life. Um, so you overlook a lot of things. And I'm, you know, no, no slight to able people before, before my foot failed. I had no idea either, but it becomes very obvious almost immediately when somebody is doing something like is, is building things and have not taken disabled needs or the viewpoints of disabled people into account because it's just it's obvious like right. they didn't have to think about that right like uh uh there there was recently i don't remember who it was it was like a comedian or somebody speaking about how you um you don't realize unless you're left-handed that all the desks in school are built with the right hand uh as the primary and like it's a little thing that that most People would just, you would just never notice it unless it was something that actually impeded your life. And that's why we need to involve the people who are actually affected by it so that they can tell everyone else, like, what the problems are. 
uh, once when I was at a, in, in a hotel in a, I was in the accessible suite uh, getting ready for a friend's wedding and I could tell like none of the mirrors were placed so where they could be seen by somebody sitting in a wheelchair. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, all right. I mean, they did get, they've got the shower with the little shower seat and there's no lip into the, into the, uh, the, the shower stall area. That's cool. But also they put, they hung the mirrors in the standard place, expecting people who were standing to be using them. So right. I see you hotel. <laughs> well, and I, believe in this take that you had mentioned, uh, ADA compliance and how, um, if you're running an event, like at some point it's federal law that you're in compliance with making these things, you know, accessible, um, and for various populations to be able to enjoy and partake in this business that you're running. And I find it particularly not surprising, but upsetting that camps that are specifically built and designed for children um, to have summertime experiences aren't accessible for children who potentially need uh, more modification. Right. Not to say that adults shouldn't be able to be out there playing if they you know, have different kinds of uh, mobility needs, but like, particularly if you're designing for small children Dear God, why wouldn't you be considering kids who need a little bit of help? Right, right. And kids who can't make, like, the kids aren't making, like, like well-researched choices right. to, to find a right. accessible site for themselves. <laughs> like, they just have what is there. Why aren't we making it as, yeah. as accessible as possible? I don't have kids. Sure. No, I know. This is me yelling to the void. (laughs) Right. I'm just yelling at the Girl Scouts, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Uh, There there have been several times where it's just, you know, like, I go to LARPs with the understanding that there are going to be things that I cannot do. Um, And, you know, a lot of times my GMs and the LARP runners and the LARP writers will do their level best to make sure that things that I like that are targeted to me or that I've been part of historically are made to be, you know, as, as accessible as possible. But I go every weekend understanding that there are just going to be some things sometimes that I can't do because it's not safe, because it's not possible. And as, and it's just, that's how it's, it is going to be until we, I think, as a society, make a bigger push towards inclusion and accessibility everywhere. Yeah. Um, it's like, nope, can't do that. So um, I've gotten very good at hanging out in the tavern and just like randomly RPing at people like, oh, everybody else is off on a, on a mod. That's cool. I'm just going to spread out over here and just start talking to you person. All right. We're having a conversation now because I did not pay hundred dollars to like spend the weekend in a costume by myself i could do that at home yes free and i often do, and I often do. <laughs> you don't know me you don't know my quarantine life <laughs> i think i do i think i have i think i have an idea <laughs> So I had asked, and this is how we got into the the, the hotel conversation earlier. That didn't uh, that didn't make it to the final cut. Um, 
but how have you had any particularly blessed experiences like a good nice experience with a LARP that took your needs into consideration and like made things smooth for you I am lucky that I've actually had a bunch um, and Part of that is just because I, when I do LARP, I LARP with A-plus people who will go mm. out of their way. So when it comes to the actual site, um, because again, we're at Girl Scout camps, Boy Scout, blah, blah, blah. we are at Girl Scout camps and Boy Scout camps. There's not a whole lot you can do with the site specifically, but some uh, there are LARPs that are going for smaller weekend long LARPs at hotels, and that's great because... Right. You know, it's warm. There are so many fewer bugs. You can, depending on the hotel, you can have like full contact fighting LARPs in there. And they all have to be ADA compliant in a way that summer camps don't. So um, I was an NPC uh, for one hotel LARP called uh, Threshold that basically spawned pretty much the entire, like the whole battle between abled and disabled for me. And they went out of their ways to make sure that the things that I was doing and able to do were not impacted that way. Uh, and that was glorious. Um, I'm a PC in another hotel game called Thaumatrope. And the uh, GMs there are always like talking to me and making sure that I, I'm able to do stuff. And that is just, you know, that's wonderful. Uh, yes. That same GM group, uh, they were, uh, they had a different LARP at the camp I was telling you about with the, the giant lips everywhere um, in the doorways. But they gave me, <laughs> I cried when they gave this to me. Um, I was playing a, uh, a deputy in a small town. It was a, um, uh, uh, an urban fantasy kind of thing. And they, um, and so when I first built this character, I was expecting to do a lot of combat, a lot of nerf shooting. I had an axe, so it was like, you know, melee and, and shooting, and I was there for it. And then as it became more and more obvious that I was not going to be that way, they sat down and came up with um, a whole set of, a different set of rules for me that I could follow that I could, so I could still do stuff where, um, you know, I was able to sit down, I had a hula hoop, <laughs> and so long as I was in this hula hoop, I was able to use um, a special set of rules that they had come up with for me where I could shoot and do things. I couldn't melee, uh, but I was able to like, I had, I think I had the one strict death um, mechanic in the game where I could just uh, shoot somebody with and, and declare headshot and, and they, they would be down. And it was just like, they sat down and I don't know how long it took them, but they came up with just this whole rule system for me so that when it came time to do, to actually like have a big fight, I could still participate. I could be like at a safe distance, which is out of nerf, sh uh, like nerf shooting distance. Um, but like, I wouldn't have to worry about getting accidentally run over by, by right. running people. Uh, and I wouldn't be penalized for being um, too far away for an accurate nerf shot, but I could still contribute, I could still be helpful, I could still be involved. Um, because that's a big thing I found in LARPs when you cannot participate in certain things, you definitely don't feel like you're involved, you don't feel like you're a contributing member of the game itself. And so 
they took that time to make sure I could be. And it was just like, you know, and they did it specifically for me. It worked with the flavor of my character. It worked in the, like, the archetypes that I was playing with. It just, it felt so good. So, uh, yeah. Shout out to Red Rabbit Games for that. Um, and then in other games, like, I've had, um, people come over and just pick me in my chair up and carry us upstairs to make sure I could get into the mod oh, building yeah. where I'm like, no, I can find ways. They're all just, like, everybody's real fond of when I'm protesting, like, no, I can do it. I can figure it out. Um, not in a, like, they're very good at telling me to sit down and let us help and not in a way where I'm like, you know, like, no, I have this, you know, they're, they're not ignoring me. In, right. In, in fantas- in I was way. worried when you first started that sentence that this was a bad story. Yeah. But no, no, then no. it like I was like, oh, no, no, no. Wait. <laughs> and then uh, and then. Yeah. <laughs> I have a whole lot of I don't want to be a bother. I don't want to be a burden. You know, let me I will do this thing in such a way where it'll take me way longer and ha- put way more work into it. But then none of you will have to be bothered. And they're very good at saying you are not a bother. You're not a burden. Let us help you in whatever ways we can help you so that you don't have to miss out. They're very, very good at that. Um, And sometimes it is really just telling me to sit down and let them handle things. But when it does come time for like, no, I want to do this thing for myself, they're also very good at saying, we trust you. We trust your judgment. Let us take a step back. So That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Good. Oh, wow. Yeah, it sounds like there. It sounds like really all of this boils down to like in every aspect from from beginning to end. It all boils down to, did you listen to the person with the needs? Um, you know, like it, it, from from the accessibility of the location to the uh, to the details and the rules and the interactions and then the response from your friends is, are you listening to what the the person with the actual need is is telling you they they need, um, and not just make you know making it up as you go. Yeah, <laughs> they are. <laughs> they um. It's been I I've been very I I realize lucky but um to to have people who are always willing to listen and to think, and to change things um, because. You know, a, a major thing is so people will write out these whole rule systems and these ideas for things that they want to have in their game and being willing to adapt these things is also incredibly important. Like, yeah. um, you know, there is the idea of this is how a LARP is played that can be very prevalent within communities and like this is what a good LARP is, this is what a good LARP offers, this is what a good LARP entails. And when, you know, when it comes down to it, having people say, okay, well, this is what my idea of the LARP is, but let me take a minute to listen, to think about what has been offered, and then to adapt my ideas to what is needed. It's key, and it's huge. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up writing out, like, an idea of, you know, this is what I think a good LARP um, character class i guess would probably be the easiest uh thing to do with that you could do and you could reskin depending on the kind of larp you're the genre of larp you're playing that would allow for 
um, you know, a lot of people with physical uh, impairments to, to play. And I was reached out by multiple GMs in the area, because I mean, like I posted this on my Facebook, who were like, yeah, can we use this? Can we put this into our rule book? Can we credit you and, and have part of this as our, our thing? Because we want to make sure that all of our games are available for people. And they realize that it's not just, you know, like the obvious people who are in wheelchairs and on crutches and things who need it, but uh, like the people in our hobbies, we're all getting older. <laughs> like right. for a lot of us, the glorious days of our 20s where you could just throw yourself down on the ground, take a nap for 15 minutes and then hop up with no problems <laughs> are long in the past. And so they've started realizing that when you adapt things for, for disabled people, it also makes things easier on abled people because, you know, it's that weird thing where when Imagine you make things that. better <laughs> via intersectionality, like everybody benefits. Yeah. Unreal. Who, <laughs> Who would have guessed? If only someone had tried to tell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, why hadn't that. you know? Just, you know like, <laughs> why hadn't we sent her to the abled people in this conversation? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god, it is that is uh, oh god irritating, but but also <laughs> kind of funny. Um, so I do we do you mind do you mind if I tangent a little bit because Please. I this is this is all great, but I was really excited just because I. I was really excited when we first spoke nuance like uh, and started to to like discuss you being on the podcast and stuff. And I was particularly excited because I really wanted you and Avalon to meet because when I was talking to you, I was just like, you are the same uh, because. All right. And so I guess what I want to do to kick this off is. Nuance, can you tell me and can you tell Avalon a little bit how about how you learned to code HTML? <laughs> um, so, no shit, there I was in college uh, learning how to code HTML on, I want to say, um, GeoCities or maybe Angel Fire. And it was for a Shakespearean reference in Gargoyles website that I made uh, because... How could you not? It combines two of my very favoriteest things. Gargoyles, which is an amazing cartoon that everybody should watch even now, and Shakespeare. And, and I hear tell that, that we had that in common, Avalon. <laughs> different, different shows, but... Yeah, I think that just this, this experience of, uh, I don't know, accidentally learning really valuable life skills via <laughs> looking for community or an outlet for something that you're like way too into that people you know in real life can't really relate, <laughs> relate to. Yeah. I mean, I think so it for me it started out with like Sailor Moon stuff. Um for sure. But I think that also looking for I've always been really excited about looking for any kind of um like nugget of of like folklore or literary reference that has so much legitimacy in depth, like within a cartoon that most people are just sort of dismissive of. And then you realize that the creator of that thing is actually like probably a genius. And then that just like explodes <laughs> and it just like opens up a million other things that you're totally obsessed with. So yeah. I don't know if you picked up from my Twitter, um, uh, my Twitter feed, 
or uh, certain things that happened in, say, episode 9 of Fast Times. But I'm also a huge Sailor Moon fan. Uh, that is my key to really geekdom in general. Yeah. Because uh, I got into Sailor Moon in 95 when it first got ported over to America. I was in 8th grade. And then when the internet like became a big deal in 96, 97, I was on there looking up uh, Sailor Moon, um, Sailor Moon fanfics, and just uh, you remember when they would have just those giant web rings? Yeah, web rings. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one remembers web rings. <laughs> they are so important. <laughs> I've never heard this word before. <laughs> But you remember how they'd have them? It was just like depositories of of sailor of like just pictures, like just a ton, just whole just a hosting, like a million sites that are just hosting the same pictures. Yeah. Um. So for all of high school, my bedroom was decorated in Sailor Moon wall scrolls, posters, and then just all the pictures that I could print out. And then cut out and put on my wall of, of various Sailor Moon things. And my mother would walk in and be like, you are 17 years old. Why is your room covered in cartoon character pictures? Why is our printer running out of ink? <laughs> uh, we didn't have a printer. We didn't oh. have a computer. So I was like, I was paying 10 cents a, uh, 10 cents a page at my local library. Oh, damn. Oh my God. Yeah. I burned so much money. I can only imagine. So I remember, because I, I just had all of these, like, grainy, poorly printed pictures of all the characters all over the place. And I remember getting in trouble one time for, I think, not making good grades. And... My parents came in, they were like, all right, who's your favorite character? Because we're taking those pictures down. And I remember looking around and like being like, that one. And it was one that I really didn't like, and I felt like I was a fucking genius. <laughs> I actually, um, I'm the reason that my high school uh, changed their printing um, yeah. rules. Because when we first started, you could just print whatever you wanted uh, at whatever rate you wanted, it was fine. Uh, just, you know, because they assumed you were doing it for schoolwork, which more fools they, all right? Yeah, yeah, that's on them. <laughs> but uh, turns out that when you're printing off just whole reams of papers worth of fan fiction to bring home to read, because you can, you clearly can't read all of it in the one hour that your computer course is. That's no. ridiculous. Um, so I was printing out, like... Uh, there was, I don't know if you remember, but there was a fanfic, a Sailor Moon fanfiction collection called uh, A Sailor Moon Romance. That was just, yep. yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, like, I'm not going to remember whatever you say. Oh, fuck. <laughs> which is why I'm still, I'm still messed up anytime somebody talks about ASMR because uh, I have a very different knee-jerk reaction to what that is. But yeah, so I printed off like several rooms worth of fan fiction from that site alone and eventually they were like all right well now you're all it, then it was you're limited by per your account so then what i did was i collected uh, all of my friends different passwords and stuff so i would log on it was like 10 pages for me 10 pages from a best friend 10 pages for you over there and then they were like all right all printing has to go through us and i'm like <laughs> I have no idea how that happened. Yeah, it's not my fault I'm an evil genius. 
<laughs> you didn't prepare accurately for uh, me, so that's a you problem. Damn, that's so funny. And I love that you introed this with gargoyles <laughs> because I had such like a weird secret relationship with enjoying gargoyles because I had, I definitely very much internalized cartoon like gender norms. And I remember specifically being like, some cartoons are not for me. Some cartoons are just for boys. Um, but Gargoyles, like I accidentally watched one time and I was like, mm, I'm pretty into Gargoyles. And um, there's a lot of weird sexual tension in Gargoyles. Um, yes, but also, I didn't expect it to like suddenly go so King Arthur. Like, to, like that came out of nowhere for me. And my name is Avalon. And so like, I, I grew up around a lot of like Arthurian legend texts and stuff and my mom's super into it and so I was just like oh my god this is so great and I had no one I could talk to about it so it was definitely like a watch it when it comes on late at night <laughs> show oh yeah no like gosh that also came out in 96 95 96 um yeah I got into Sailor Moon in eighth grade I got into Gargoyles in ninth grade plus for me so Gargoyles Elisa Maza was uh half black half native and the star of the show, and also a cop, which, you know, now I'm like, we can do Right, that but, right, right, right. But, you know, like, in the 90s. There was, was power to that for a female yeah. character, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Contextually, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you know, I mean, she was out there, like, slugging it out with people, and I'm just yeah. like, I should really, again, in retrospect, I'm like, oh, I was bisexual, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many of those. I, I, and if I remember correctly, I'm a little fuzzy on Gargoyles, but if I remember correctly, they, they actually did, like, incorporate her identity into the show, right? Like, they didn't, she didn't just exist in it as that person. Like, they talked about it, and there were a couple of scenes that pointed it out and addressed it and, and things like that, which I, I, I think, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't recall a cartoon in, like, recent years doing that, so. Yeah, um. Especially season two, the se- the second half of the episode where the- they're on the grand tour with the boats. Um, she goes to Africa and her mom is there and they have like a whole Anansi um, episode talking about some of the, the African myths. Uh, and then her dad, um, I forget, I forget what tribe he's from, but uh, it's out in the Midwest uh, and like his family was on a reservation and like he left and he and his dad had like all of this um, uh, like like tension and and uh, friction over his decision to leave the, the reservation. Right, right, right. And they went out and they incorporated a bunch of uh, like, I know that Thunderbird was an episode. They went to Canada and they interacted with um, one of the First Nations tribe there. They had Coyote. Coyote was a huge theme, um, uh, especially when they were talking about uh, Elise's dad's uh, tribe. Like, they were just really pulling in. Like, and you could tell they did their research. And it was just so amazing and powerful mm-hmm. because, you know, it wasn't... I'm a character, I exist in a vacuum, you can tell I am black because my, you know, my cells are shaded slightly darker than the cells for that other character. There was, it was so deep and yes. rich and so good. I, 
like straight up don't want to talk about it anymore because I want you to come back and do a Gargoyles episode. I know. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah, because I have so many questions. I know, that could be a whole... Cut that one right off. (laughs) That could be a whole topic. Um, So we're, we're... we're getting past uh, the hour mark. So before before we, we wind things down, um, what would be, we try to, we always try to, not that we always do it, but we always try to. We try. Give each other uh, uh, an assignment, a little bit of homework based on the, the topic. So like if you could have us who are very, like, admittedly both of us very unfamiliar with LARP from a practical standpoint so you could give us something that we should engage in try look into something related to the topic what would you what would you tell us to do one thing I would say is um you know uh, first of all just go around your house uh even even with the idea that you were going to be doing a like a parlor LARP in your house Go around and try to figure out where people who did have disabilities, like where they would trip up in your house. What, you know, what are things that would prevent them from getting it, from being able to play, to, from, to move around in your home specifically? How wide are the doorways? Could somebody in a, right. in a wheelchair get through your doorways? How many stairs are there leading from the front of your house to your house? How many stairs are there between the main area and your bathroom? Um, Ooh, right, right. That kind of, like, try to try to come up with, like, an idea of where you think of all the, the um, friction places that somebody with a disability could have trouble with just being in your home if they wanted to, to play some kind of LARP. And then maybe reach out to various um pe- people with various disabilities uh that you know who you know would w- would be okay with answering these questions and then find out from them how many things you overlooked Ooh, you right good point that's cool that's excellent yeah, yeah. thank you that's a, that's a good one nuance nuance what are you gonna do after this um <laughs> incredibly nerdy things uh so we have uh, Hexenween Part 2 um, uh, things that we're working on because the episode is going to drop on Wednesday and I need to make sure that all <laughs> of my lines are, are done and in. Uh, I am part of several Discord like RPGs and things, so I'm going to check in on there. Um, uh, I'm going to... What else am I going to do? I think... I think that's it. Uh, my husband is out working. I might play some video games. Yay. Good job. And continue to be on Twitter and Facebook, just kind of exulting in the fact that tomorrow there is still work that needs to be done, but today it's just joy. Yes, exactly. Yes. Today is our day of joy. Absolutely. Joy schadenfreude. Jo- yes, yeah. yes. Also that very much so. I'm not a nice person. No. I, I mean, this very this, nice. Oh, well. But I think that, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying no to that. <laughs> but it, it definitely, the joy has, there's a darkness in the joy. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Very yeah. much so. Avalon, what about you? What are you going to do after this? I think that we might go to 
Target. And I, like, haven't left my house basically in nine months. <laughs> so wow. I'm going to put a mask on and, like, maybe, like, buy a scented candle or do something like that, which feels very frivolous. I'm very proud of you. You <laughs> should buy a scented candle. You yeah. deserve a scented candle. I might, like... <laughs> browse a little and not just be like I gotta get out of here <laughs> I gotta go get to the register and get to safety yeah you're, yeah. you're doing good good job Thanks. <laughs> uh, me I think I think that I may just go back and sit on the stoop and watch the party <gasps> like dance by a little bit more I'm so uh, jealous I wish I, I lived in a populous area I I just can't, I can't get over it. Like New York is making me a little emotional right now because yeah, yeah. we have not, I was telling Avalon before you got on, but like the only time New Yorkers have been in a gathering in the last nine months has been for protests. This is the first time I've seen New Yorkers together experiencing joy and like dancing and laughing and like, and like playing music and stuff. And I, I just want to sit out and watch it go by for a little longer, um, and then and then uh, and then I will just take it easy. That's my that's my Saturday. All all the videos of like like just like the cheering through Brooklyn and everything like that. It was just so oh in DC just yeah <sighs> DC looks like they're having a time right now. Yeah, <laughs> my friends in Boston are doing that like. It's, it's quieter over here. My street itself is just a very quiet street, but I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm also glad that I'm not out there because I would be hugging people right now. And that's, that, <laughs> it's yeah, safe, yeah, it's hard not to do. Yeah. There's another thing I might be doing later and that's uh, bothering Avalon and being like, so Avalon, you seemed like you had a lot of things you might've wanted to talk about. <laughs> I love I'm so it. excited. I, I've really been putting a lot of my creative energy into like what Sailor Moon campaign might look like. And I'm just like really excited. Every time it comes up, I'm like, the universe is telling me now's the time. Strike. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta do it. <laughs> the web ring thing is just like Avalon, come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I will go and fetch my Sailor Pluto staff if that makes you, <laughs> it's like homemade built. <sighs> you gotta send us a picture of that too yes all right everybody go and go be happy joys. get For the now. scented candle play some video games <laughs> enjoy the day tomorrow is a new chapter and we will start again but have a good day oh, okay. <laughs> bye bye, bye.